Hello, everybody. Dr. Rick Wallace here dropping in on you. Excuse me. <clears throat> My voice has taken a little of a beating, a lot going on, but hey, it's another week. Look, we're here. Um, I want to encourage you, no matter what it is that you're dealing with, no matter what it is that you're going through, uh, as I often say, if you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. And I have had to consistently remind myself of that over the past week. This has definitely been uh, the most trying week of my life simply because of what I hold dear and how it is under attack. But uh, one of the things that you have heard me say consistently is you have to answer the bell. You have to get up, you have to show up. And where you win the battle and where you win the war isn't in those days where you you know, you're on your A game and everything is flowing and everybody loves you and you, you're the man. That's not where you win. You win on those days you don't feel like getting up and you get up. On those days where you feel like just folding but you refuse to. On those days where you know that as bad as you're feeling, that somebody out there feeling worse that needs you to do what you do. And for that, uh, I'm here and I'm standing and I'm I'm fighting in so many different areas uh, for things that I believe in and for the people who have shown me love and, and, and support. Man, it means so much to me. I cannot express to you the gratitude that I feel towards you. You guys are holding me up in more ways than you can imagine. Um, before I move on, I want to remind you, we are still in the midst of a fundraiser for Black Man Lead and a general fundraiser for the entire organization, uh, the Odyssey Project. Let me be brief in explaining to you that there are no programs uh, to fund what we're doing because funding the type of work we do is not, not gonna produce the results that they wanna see. They want to pour money into things that look good, sound good, but have no impact and have no effect. They want to put, you know, the, the, the veneer up or the image or the idea of that we're, we're, we're supporting and we're doing this, but year after year, uh, there are no results. What I'm telling you is black man lead works. Properly socializing young black males reduces the rate of violence reduces the rate of dropping out, which reduces the rate of incarceration, which reduces violence in relationships, especially domestic violence and intimate partner violence. Those are just some of the benefits of properly socializing a young black male. Um, and I can go on. They're more likely to own their own business. They're more likely to be financially productive in the community. They are going to be leaders. Here's the problem. We can't trust the system to do that. We have to do it. 
That's why we're so far behind, because we have 1.5 million men missing. And then we are not taking what we do have and investing it in creating a generation that moves the man back into the home. See, there is a strong push to alienate the black man from the black woman. And I'll be honest with you, we haven't helped. A bunch of stuff that as black men we're out there doing that definitely hasn't helped. But on the flip side, we can't be so easily influenced into Believe in that there are some black men out there who love being a black man, a black husband, a black father, uh, a black influence in the community. Uh, and we stand up every day and we go hard in the paint. Uh, no, we are not perfect. No, we don't have all the answers, but we show up every day. But they're not going to tell you about us. They're going to tell you about the clown that killed his girlfriend. They're going to tell you about the clown that robbed the bank. They tell you about the clowns that's sitting up stealing catalytic converters, but they won't tell you about the ones that's showing up at the hospital. You won't show you about the ones that come home from work and get right in the house and go to work again. They won't show you how they come, the ones that come home from work, get with the kids, help with the kids, and then help honey do what she does. They're not going to show you those because they don't want that image portrayed. But our boys need to see that image that our boys need to know it exists that's a part of socialization is modeling manhood in a way that you want to see it exhibited and we push this very hard we structure it this is what i want to do and then i'm going to get to where what, what i came to talk to you about this is what i want to do i want to take black man lead in its entirety and create a network across this country where we are socializing young black boys, not just in one community, not just in one city, not just in one state, but across this country, so that no matter where you go, you can have an, uh, an idea of how men think in that area based off of what's happened in the last 10 to 15 years. It's going to take time. That's why we can't keep sitting on it, passing the buck to the next person. We're going to have to sit up. I want to do I want to sit up and I want to teach people in every city, starting with the major cities and then working outward. How to execute this this uh, rite of passage, how to properly engage kids, even after how to engage kids after they've actually gotten angry and they are at a point where they are about to perpetrate violence, how you can still intercept. We know all of that. I've put in the work. I understand. There's a power involved of men who can put themselves in position of respect in the community that even when a kid is ready to blow, just the touch of a hand of a man he respects might not make him calm down as far as it release all of his anger, but it will stop him from going beyond that point and harming somebody. We've gotten, we've gotten enough of that we've proven. But there are some unbelievable things that are spiritual that we can trace back to our roots that we have been robbed of and we're not using. And I want to take that and I want to take it to our people around here. We can't keep sitting up, you know, just pointing the finger and blaming everybody. We can't sit around and just sit up and think that we're just going to dump it all on how horrible they are. They weren't born that way. And if they weren't born that way, then somebody failed them. And at some point, we have to stop failing them long enough for them to regroup and regather and, and reclaim the, the, the brilliance of who we are as a people. Or we're going to lose it all together. I can't stress that enough. We need your support in the description box. There's a couple of ways you can help. You can click the link. 
and you can go and you can give that way. You can choose whatever you want to give. But I tell you what, if you give, if you give $100, I'm going to gift you a $350 uh, session with me. Anybody who gives $100 will get a $350 session with me. And we can work on anything in your life that you want to work on, that you want to improve on. It's called my Rapid Change Breakthrough Session, and it's $350. But I will gift it to anybody who donates $100 towards specifically this particular work. Now, you can do this in two ways. You can click on the link and do it, or you can go to... Um, our cash app account and that cash app handles in there and then you can give and you can if you don't want it to go towards black manly you can specify uh general community work you can specify going to girl programs um you know you can specify a number of other things you know that if you've heard about it and you know it but we really truly need to raise funds i can i'm gonna give you something and i want you to think about this i was just talking to a client of mine who also follows me on uh on social media and uh I, I sort of told her you know hey since just since december when we've been we started tracking specifically uh black man lead we've reared somewhere around 600 700 bucks in six months the goal was to raise ten thousand dollars that month well in that week and it's been six months and we still haven't reached a thousand dollars and then i asked i said if that money isn't coming from outside donors how do you think we're serving uh, the people that are in need? And I just want you to think about that. It's my passion. It's my love, but I can't do it alone. So come on and show love and show support. And I'm showing by giving. I'm going to be giving myself with time, attention and effort and money towards the program but then i'm going to turn around for anybody who gives 100 and i'm going to give myself in time and attention to your specific need that you want to do better in and we're going to win in every way we can that's what i'm willing to give to this i'm willing to double down on both sides to get your support and to make this thing happen it's not going to happen through osmos we're not going to just sit up and wish and all of a sudden we're going to have a network of uh socialized young black males that's not going to happen we're going to have to at some point either invest or we're going to fold and it won't be because I quit. It'll be because they simply have, we simply lost them altogether. We're going to have to make up in my mind, in our minds, what we're going to do. Now, that sort of leads me into this conversation. You know, are blacks beyond the point of no return? Because when I talked to Dr. Anderson, was it 2014 when I was doing the blueprint for black empowerment? If you haven't checked it out, you should go to the site and uh, check it out. It's uh, at our site, www.theodysseyproject21.top. When you get there, just search for, go to the search box and search for a blueprint for black empowerment. And it'll come up uh, and you can see the extensive work I did of putting the blueprint together and what that looks like for every socioeconomic and uh, political issue you can possibly imagine uh it's there it's so much that we could, that we can be doing that we're not doing not because it's not possible not because there are strategies because we won't come together and we won't do it but i remember dr anderson doubling down on what he had wrote in, in uh poweronomics when he stood up and said 
that if we don't come together as a, a as a collective and band together with our economics that by 2013 we will be a permanent underclass in this country and he held to that and and my my stance at the time was we are not a permanent underclass do we have work ahead of us absolutely but what I'm learning is for us to not be a permanent underclass, we have to take on the responsibility of being a class. And what does that mean? That we have to see ourselves as a collective. We have to see ourselves as a group of people who are in one way united. Now, someone uh, came on a post that I was talking about the importance of unity when I referenced the fact that J. Edgar Hoover, when asked, what is the greatest threat to national security? His response was black unity. At the time he was referring to the Black Nationalist Party and the Black Panther Party and those who were funding it and what they were doing with it and how powerful they were becoming and how non-dependent they were becoming on the government. And his threat, his, his, his idea was, that the greatest threat was black unity. And so my, my call was for unity and someone came to say, we'll never have unity because unity can't be forced. It is something that has to come from organic uh, process. And in part, that's true, but that does not mean that organic process cannot be inspired. There has to be something that becomes a catalyst for unity. Uh, we we prove that we can unify. When we get angry, we unify. Well, we just don't do it in a productive way. We do it in a way where they see we still don't know how to channel our anger. When we go out and we tear up stuff, and and, and we well we come together big time. Then we whole group of we out there tearing up stuff. You know, we pulling people out windows. We doing all kind of stuff. But that changes nothing for us. It doesn't change what we're dealing with in the community. It doesn't change what we're dealing with in politics. It doesn't change what we're dealing with in law enforcement. It doesn't change any of that. It just simply tells them that they, when they get mad, they throw a tantrum. It's just a collective temper tantrum without economic force behind it. And we haven't learned how to do that. And so when I look at them, we do have to take action if we're ever going to sit up and come out of this space where we're at the bottom rung of the socioeconomic ladder, where everyone stands above us, where literally people who migrate to this country see us as a means of getting on their feet. That is a problem. When it comes down to what, what I just finished talking to you about black boys, I, I shared a video with you a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday, day before yesterday, I shared it with you and I said, uh, I shared the African proverb that when the child does not feel embraced by the village, it will burn it down to feel its warmth. We haven't embraced these kids. Embracing them isn't just telling them you love them. Embracing them isn't just buying them Jordans. Embracing them isn't just getting them the late, uh, the latest uh, video game or the latest uh, uh, cell phone. Embracing them is loving them and spending time in their space and sharing with them who they are and giving them an identity, giving them a source of self that is so deeply rooted that they're not shaken when people don't approve of who they are, how they look, how they wear their hair, their complexion, their dialogue, their dialect, their form of speech, 
and linguistic expression. That's what I'm talking about. We have failed them. We have failed them because we have trusted society. We have trusted public education. We have trusted electrical and digital devices to be what we were designed to be. And we have turned them loose to express their frustrations in what they've gotten. And now we are looking and pointing fingers. The problem is it's still our responsibility. I went out and spent years to understand the level of violence, especially being perpetuated in the black community by black males. And I just determined that there is a systemic impulsion or compulsion that's behind it. And I and I came to understand that African, African-American adolescent and young adult black males have certain things that heighten the risk of them becoming violent. And a lot of it we can control. At the, at the core, what we can control is properly socializing them and preparing them. When we looked at young black boys who were socialized versus young black boys who weren't socialized, we're talking about an 85% flip on whether they're going to prison or not. An 88% flip on whether or not they're going to harm somebody over the course of their lives. An 80 to 85% flip on how well they will do financially in this world which we understand is a big part of being able to live their lives and act in their roles. We have a responsibility that we're failing on. You know, we spend a lot of time on social media. I didn't get on social media to be liked. I didn't get on social media to stroke my ego. I don't need anybody to do that. I've put enough time, energy, and effort into being the best man I can be. And I love myself enough not to have to have anybody affirm that. I'm not on here for that. I'm on here because I felt this was the biggest way to reach the most people to express and share what I knew and to encourage and inspire people to move. You can't win sitting still. You can't win laying back. You can't win falling back. You're going to have to want to wake up and stand up and do something. It's time to start expressing ourselves through our actions. It's time for us to step up and stand out and do the things that are absolutely necessary to be and do what we need to be. We have to learn to be what we need to be despite everything and anything that is going around you. And I was telling my client today, you know, as, you know, she was, you know, sharing, you know, she knows what, what I'm currently going through. And she was like, hey, I just want to commend you on showing up and still being a positive force because there are people who are hearing you and are literally learning from you. But one thing that I shared a long time ago, and I've said it often, and I'll say it now that when you find yourself in a position where you're constantly telling people how to be better, and you are challenging them in certain ways, you have to understand that life is cyclical. It comes around and you don't get to circumvent the vicissitudes of life. You don't get to circumvent the struggles and the disappointments and the losses that everybody else feels simply because you know how life works. It's coming for you too. And at some point you're gonna have to exhibit the behavior 
that you've told people is necessary. You're going to have to show them that when it's tough and you're not feeling well, you still wake up and you show up. And that's been my goal in this past week is to wake up and show up. It's been my goal to to be a loving person. It's been my goal not to be bitter, not to be angry, not to point fingers or place blame, but to sit up and say, hey, look, there's still room for me to be better. And that's still room for me to love people. That's still room for me to be an impact in this community. I cannot allow where I'm at right now to cause me to fold. And so I wake up every day and I show up every morning and I do what I do and I love on people and I do my job and I, I, I run my business and I do what I do in research and I come here and I share it with you guys. And so my thing is we've got to learn how to be active. We've got to learn how to be connected to what's necessary. We have to learn how to understand that just because we want something doesn't mean that life is just going to lay down and give it to us. Sometimes you got to fight. Most of the times you got to fight. Hell, almost everything worth having is on the other side of something difficult. It just is. And when you sit up and you get comfortable and you think that you've got it figured out, life reminds you, no, this is an ongoing battle. And you're going to have to stand up and you're going to have to fight. Sometimes you, you're fighting for something and, 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 and you're pushing and you're doing everything you can and you think you got it won and then you end up, you're back and you fight. If it's worth fighting for, you fight for it. The children are worth fighting for. My marriage is worth fighting for. Um, so much is going on. I tell you what. My children are worth fighting for. Black children are worth fighting for. These are the most beautiful and awesome people on the planet. All you got to do is give them a little space and a little opportunity, and they will awe you and amaze you. That's one of the beautiful things I get from working with kids, especially my own. They drive me nuts, but... They, they're awesome, they, you know, but you've got to give them space. You got to give them direction. You got to give them love and you got to give them opportunity and you've got to give them the time uh, that you have to pour into them. They're not going to educate our children into a high self-esteem. They're not going to educate our children into a high self-image. That's our responsibility. We are the primary label givers for our children, and it's our responsibility to love on them, to treat them, and to be everything that we need them to be. Again, I challenge you. We can't sit around. We can't lay around. We can't sit up and hope and wait. You know, picket signs haven't proven effective begging showing up at the polls and voting 90 percent for a party hasn't hasn't proven effective it hasn't brought us anything uh we've done that consistently for over 50 years and we have nothing to show for it um but what i can tell you is when we apply ourselves to the solutions that plague our community we produce the answers and when we produce the answers we control the destination and the outcomes it's up to us it's up to us to take control of our communities, up to us to take control of our economics, it's us to, us to take control of our homes. It's, us to, uh, it's up to us to fight for the things we say matter. 
it's time to stop pointing the fingers. Once again, I'm going to ask you to show love and support for the work we are doing because I want to take Black Men Lead National. I've been trying to do this for so long. And it, just, just kind of imagine what it takes to work with one kid. Now imagine 10, now imagine 20, imagine 30. That's not even a community. 30 isn't even one community. And I've got kids being brought to me out the woodwork. And these kids aren't dealing with somebody's picking on me. These kids are kids who are killing themselves because they're being bullied. These are kids who are killing themselves because they don't see a future. These are kids who are hyper violent and see the world as their enemy. These are kids who just want to check out and smoke weed all day. And I'm talking kids. I'm talking about under 20. These are kids being brought to me. Then I've got the, 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 uh, the young adults up to, to age 30. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to dodge the penitentiary and find a way to make a living. They're trying to find a way to measure up to what people say they should be without having much to model, much being modeled for them to look at and no one to be able to stand next to and speak power into their lives. This is what comes to me daily. We have to make up in our mind that we're going to do something outside of whine and complain. That's my challenge. Like I said, you can click the link and give. And anybody who donates at least $100, I will gift you a $350 session with me where we will work on something that's important to you so that you can improve and advance in that area. Uh, and just anybody that donates at least 100 will get that. It's called a rapid change breakthrough session. Uh, on that note, look, I'm going to get ready to get out of here. Uh, it's time to put in work. Like I said, I would love uh, this network of socializing young black males across America. I would love for that to be my crowning work. You know, writing the books ha has been an awesome experience. Doing the research has been phenomenal. Lecturing has been great. Working with people one-on-one -on -one has been great. But if we could create a national network where we are socializing young black males before the system ever gets to corrupting them, I know 20 years, 30 years from now, I might not be here but there will be a powerful force moving that will speak of me. And that's what this is for me. People ask me, you know, how, how do I describe my life? I will say the first half of my life was about me. It was about showing people what I could do, getting what I wanted to get, going where I wanted to go, driving what I wanted to drive, proving I was all that and all that. Then I woke up somewhere in my early 30s and I realized that it was empty, that all the stuff didn't change anything in the way I felt. I was still empty. Uh, it wasn't enough cars. It wasn't, you know, enough clothes. Uh, no matter how big the house got, I was still up at three o'clock every morning, pacing. And so I sit down and I talk to God and I talk to some people I trust. And one of the elders that I trusted told me, you're not going to be fulfilled until you stand in and step into your purpose. Once you step into it, it's going to explain a lot of what you've been feeling and what you've been going through. 
So then I, I decided that the first half of, of my life was about me. But the second half of my life is about legacy. That's what I'm fighting for right now. I'm fighting for legacy. What am I leaving behind that will speak of me after I'm gone? And I'm challenging you to be a part of it. Let's write something exceptional. Let's mark this as a pointing, a, a pivotal point in which things changed for the black community. On that note, look, I'm gonna check out of here. You guys, thanks for stopping in. Hello, Erlene. Hello, Mary. Hello, Tara. Thanks so much uh, for your words of kindness. Um, and on that note, I'm out of here. You guys have an unbelievable day.